Yeah, welcome to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place to get into the word of God so the word of God can get into you. This is where repentance starts. This is where your revival begins. And who am I? I'm just the voice of one calling out saying, repent. Don't look now. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The underground. John chapter 12 and verse 32, he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. We got to start lifting up his name. Simple directions. And we got to have faith in that. I believe that. I believe if I lift up the name of Jesus, if I lift up his word, he going to draw all men unto himself. Do we believe? See, we have started to think that we got to have a certain wisdom, that we got to be knowledgeable about certain things. We got to speak a certain way. We got to market things a certain way. We got to do things a certain way in order to uh, draw people to God. Nah. Look at these simple instructions. Let's make the word of God simple. Let's come to it like a child. Let's come with it with a with a second grade mindset. Matter of fact, kindergarten mindset. And he says, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. Let's just lift up the name of Christ. Let's just start lifting it up wherever we at. You know what I'm saying? Not only lift it up with our words, but with our lives, with our hearts. Because, you know, he say these people, you know, they praise me with my lips, but they hearts far away from me. So we want to start lifting him up in our hearts. That's when you understand that he's that he begins to manifest in your life manifest in, 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 in your world when you begin to lift him up in your heart when Christ begins to reign shout out to my daughter <laughs> when Christ begins to reign in your heart that's when he begins to be lifted up in your workplace in your family in your community, in your country. He's waiting to, for us to let him rule our hearts. And that's a hard thing to do. That's a hard thing to do. Hey, welcome to the underground. Place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Everybody who coming in, if you don't mind, if you could put it on mute so we won't have no background distraction. But I appreciate you coming out. But yeah, we got to be able to make sure that he's ruling in our hearts tonight, you guys. I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody had a good day. I hope you found something that you was thankful for. You know, the devil, he roams around this earth seeking who he may devour. I hope you didn't let him devour your faith today. I hope you didn't let him devour your your praise today. You know, I hope you didn't let him devour your peace today. Your thankfulness today. 
Because that's what he do. He just roams. He just roams. Roams the earth, just looking. Nowhere to go. <laughs> just looking who he may devour. And see, I want y'all to see that your enemy, see, he has purpose. He's on a mission. He has a vision. So you most definitely got to have one. Especially speaking to my brothers. If the devil has a mission to devour you. What is your mission? What is your purpose? What is your goals? And how are they aligning with God? Because if it doesn't get aligned with God, it's going to be so easy to devour. It really is. Hey, before I start, I want to read another verse. Second Timothy chapter four and verse six. It says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering. And the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good, uh, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there, there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearance. For his appearance. Are you positioning your life right now that you will be able to say these things at the end of your life. See, because you can't get to a certain age and just say, oh, well, I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering. My wife would be always telling me, you know, she'd be laughing at, you know, some of these people, they wait till they get 60 and 80 and 70. And then want to come to God, which he still like, like she said, they still go get used. But they want to come at the end of their life and say, well, use me like a drink offering. And it's like, what? I'm saying as we have uh, as we are young right now, you guys, we have strength, we have energy. We're not as wrinkled right now. You know, we can see. Young and fresh. Why don't we start positioning our lives to when we get to a certain age, we tell God, like Paul said, hey, I'm already being poured out like a drink off. Yeah, I've been I've been getting poured out when I was in my 30s. When I was in my 40s, when I was in my 50s, when I was in my 60s, when I'm in my 70s, I've been I've been used as a drink offering for who? The world. For my community for my church, for my family, for my wife, for my husband, for my kids. You know what I mean? And so when when you're when your time to depart from this world cuz that's a promise that we all have that we will depart from this world from this body. You already you already confident in this. I want you guys to be confident in your departure. You understand what I'm saying? I don't need no pope coming and talk to me when I'm on my on my dying bed. You heard me? 
Yeah, I, I, I don't need none of that. I'm I'm good. Well, why you saying, man? I'm good. Like seriously, I don't need nobody come talk to me about Jesus. I don't need nobody come talk to me about heaven. Why? Because I've I've already been living that life. I used to work at the hospital when I was, you know, in my twenties, and I worked in the ICU de uh, department. I, I was a janitor, so I used to have to go clean in the ICU and also in a, a hospice. And when they, when, you know, people be uh, a lot of people be scared in those moments, man. You know, a lot of people want to speak to the to the chaplain, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying the faith that we should have. In those times, look what Paul was saying. He's teaching us right now the faith that we got to have in those times. He said, I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. I'm not getting to the end of my life wondering, man, I should have fought for God more. I'm not getting to the end of my life wondering. You know what I mean? I'm not on my deathbed wondering. I'm confident that I fought the good fight. And you can be confident in these things. You know, we, we have been trained to be confident in our looks. We have been trained to be confident in our talents. And our, you know, talent, uh, we be confident when we playing basketball. Be confident when we playing football. We confident when we dancing, when we singing. You know, we confident when we posting pictures. We confident in these things. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, do you if you want to be confident in those things. Nothing wrong with that. But I want us to be confident at the end of our life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when it's my time to go, yeah, I'm ready. I, I'm poured out like a drink off. I'm confident that, hey, I did what I was supposed to do while I was here on earth. This is what Paul is teaching us. This is true confidence. See, we confident in things that fades. We confident in things that's just like the fog in the morning. You see it for a little bit, and guess what? It fades. It fades away like MJ on his best day. The things that we have been trained to be confident in, I'm telling you guys, it's, it's going to fade. Right? Some of us used to be confident in our in our in our waves. What them waves at now? <laughs> so some of us used to be confident in our bodies. How that's going for you now, sis? Woman of God, how do you see what I'm saying? We 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 get confident in these things, and when that when these things begin to fade, guess what? So so as your so is your 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 personality begins to fade. Who you are begins to fade because you put so much confidence in temporal things. I'm I'm encouraging you tonight, brothers and sisters in the faith to put confidence in the things of God that's solid that will last forever 
You know what I mean? And then uh, to, to finish off what he was saying, and then we go get to the message. He was saying 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 6 and then verse 7, he was saying, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. What God has told me to do, that is my goal, to finish it. I'm looking face to face with the world and I'm telling them, you don't give me goals. Yeah. I'm looking face to face with schools, with my with job, with money, with 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 uh influence, with with businesses, and I'm I'm looking face to face with this strong spirit that's over our culture, and I'm saying you don't give me my goals. You don't give me my race. You, yeah, you don't give me the rat race to run. You understand what I'm saying? No, 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 no. See, I'm running a race that God gave me. And some of us are in depression. Some of us are frustrated because you run in a race that the world gave you. And you're thinking, well, I, I'm not racing fast enough. I'm not getting to something fast enough. And it's making you, you, you getting anxious about nothing. You're stressing about nothing. What about the race that God has given you to run? What race is he talking about? Keeping your faith in Jesus Christ. My eyes, as I look up under the sun, like my uncle Solomon taught me, as I look up under the sun, I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, race to a lot of temple things, but they're departing from their faith. They drop their baton when it comes to the faith. Yeah, it looks like they made it to the finish line. It looks like they're running very well. But as I look with my spiritual eyes, as God begins to, you know, heal the scabs off my eyes and really give me his eyes to see, a lot of y'all are running in vain. You're running in vain. God has given you a race, woman of God. God has given you a race, man of God. He whispers to you every night. He talks to you about it. He sends his preachers to preach to you about it. And this is a marathon race. This is not something fast, but a lot of y'all like to run that 100-meter dash. <laughs> In verse eight, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm glad God brought us here, y'all. I didn't even know we was gonna go here. Now there's a, there's there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Have you noticed everybody's getting crowned these days? Have you noticed that? Have you have you have you listened to the tone of our culture? Have you listened to the tone of our society? Everybody's getting crowned king these days. Everybody's getting crowned queen these days. But nobody, but what about the crown of righteousness? You know, what about that crown? And see, you, you only get that crown 
by running the race that God gave you. See, we get these crowns. I see you, queen. <laughs> I see you, king. I see you doing your thing. Who's giving you that crown? I want to know who's giving you your crown. Oh, that's a good question. Come on. Come on, Holy Spirit. Ask us. The Holy Spirit wants to ask you today, who's giving you your crowns? Why are you getting arrogant off the crowns that the world give you? Why are you getting arrogant off your favorite black conscious crowns? Mm-hmm. That I'm gonna hit. Yeah, I wanted to hit somebody in their throat with that one. Why are you getting arrogant off that? Why are you getting arrogant off your crowns? Because you went to Egypt. I'm happy you went to Egypt and seen the pyramids. That's fine. But that doesn't give you a crown of righteousness. That doesn't give you a crown of righteousness. I'm sorry. Oh, and, I, and, and, and to my uh my culture, uh, being black doesn't give you a crown of righteousness. Yeah, I, I, I got to say that real quick. Yeah, I got to kick the door down with that one. Being black doesn't give you a crown of righteousness. Hey, being a Hebrew Israelite doesn't give you a crown of righteousness. No, I don't. Just, just, just I'll let y'all know that. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's what gives you a crown of righteousness. All right. Yeah, repent of your sins, having faith in Jesus Christ, the work that he did on the cross for us, and having faith in him alone, him alone, that's what gives you a crown of righteousness. All right. Hey, I just want to welcome everybody who's coming out to the underground, a place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. You may be wondering, who's this talking? I ain't nobody, man. I'm just divorcing one calling out saying, repent. Hey, don't look now. But the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right, let's go ahead and get into our message. Uh, I know I say this. I'm 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 gonna try to get through it, y'all. I'm I'm really finna try to get through it because I know at seven o'clock we got uh Monday night football, and I don't know if people watching the new bachelor show. I get that. I know American Idol, I know uh how I, I get it. I I get it, you know. So I'm really gonna try to get through with it. And because you know what, I'm so thankful that you decide to just come chill with me. Honestly, I'm gonna be real with you. You ain't gotta be here. I already know. I'm glad that you kind of listened to God and you said, let me go listen to uh, The Voice tonight. Let me see what he got to say. Well, that ain't what I got to say. It's what God got to say. You feel me? So I want to read this, uh, this verse real quick. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 27. What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim on the rooftops. 
So what I talk to you when I talk to you in the dark, my son. When you when you when you up late, when you up at two a.m., three a.m., four a.m., five a.m. I'm gonna whisper some things in your ear. Those things I want you to proclaim loud. And so this I wrote this uh the time down because I want at 5:43. This is 5:43 a.m. You know, woke up just boom, message boom, just hit me dead and I say, "Ooh, we okay, God." This is for someone who has the faith that is ready to receive. You're going to have to have the faith to receive this message tonight. All right. You're going to have to have the faith to receive this message tonight. We're going to talk about the withered hand. Some of us. We are not able to stretch. Some of us, you're in uh you're not able to be in financial freedom, what you call these days. You're not able to heal. You're not able to use your hands to get along and, and prosper in life because you have a withered hand. You have a withered hand and God wants to heal you of that tonight. But you're going to have, you're going to need some faith, my child. Now, what is a withered hand? It's a condition in which the muscles are shrunk and the limbs are shortened that it cannot be properly used. And sometimes you get this type of uh, hand, this type of disease in your hand, uh, physically speaking, because there it may be some type of disease some type of infection. That's how you get these, these withered hands. Your muscles begin to shrink and your limbs begins to be weak. Spiritually speaking, you get a withered hand because you're stuck in sin. Spiritually speaking. Okay? And God wants to have you stretch out your hand tonight. So we go start off. Uh, this this story is in Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three, and we just go uh, read it, and uh, we're gonna see what God speak to us about. We're gonna revelate. All right. It says Jesus went into the synagogue. All right, Jesus went into the synagogue, and notice a man with a deformed hand. It's the first thing we want to see right now. There's a lot of people that goes to church every single Sunday, but they're sitting there with deformed hands. You may not see it physically, but they have deformed hands. This man with the deformed hand was in the church. And I want to say that he probably been going there for a while now. The church is a place where we're supposed to be able to heal these conditions, you guys. But every Sunday as we go 
to these places, these idol worship places, you have millions upon millions of people sitting in church with deformed hands. They can't properly use their hands to produce for the kingdom. They can't properly use their hands to heal people. They can't properly use their hands to lay hands on people. You, you understand what I'm saying? Look, really listen. When the last time you laid hands on somebody? I mean, any laid hands on them and prayed for them. Boom, right there. You may be saying, well, dang, man, I haven't did that in a while. You know why? Because you have a deformed hand. You have a withered hand. Now, you're going to have to accept the truth first. Why? Because the truth will make you free. The truth will set you free. See, this is why it's so hard sometimes for uh, us to be an axe church because we have too many withered hands. So Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was, since it was Sabbath, Jesus' enemy enemies watched him closely. So let's check it out. He's going into the church. The Sabbath is basically, that's like our Sunday, right? And when he talks about the synagogue, we are talking about the church. For everybody, I just want to break those two th things down to you. So Jesus is an outsider. Of the synagogue. So he's not your pastor. He's not your youth pastor. He's not an evangelist in the church. He's an outsider. He comes in from the outside. And he recognized the man with a deformed hand. But none of the leaders. Of the synagogue. Why they didn't recognize. Him? You see what I'm saying? Why didn't the leaders point it out? Y'all been with the dude for this while. He been coming to y'all church. Why didn't y'all recognize the withered hand that he had? Why didn't y'all have the faith to go lay hands on him? Or why didn't y'all have the faith to go pray for him? Why did y'all wait for some uh, outsider to come into your household? Oh, my God. Man of God, why are you waiting for your bishop or your pastor to come into your household to def to heal your deformed hands? Why is that? So he came into the to the church and and off top it said the enemies are watching him closely. Where are they at? They're in the church. And in, in the day that we live in, because everybody is welcome. Right? When I was uh young, uh, when I was at, I used to go to New Mount, Mount Zion Baptist Church. My dad used to take me there. And at the end of the service, they'll be like, reach out into somebody's hand. Make this world a better place if you can. And they'll say the doors of the church are open. I'm here to tell the church it's time to close some doors. 
Yeah, no, no, no. We the doors of the church ain't open no more. Why? Because we just letting anybody in. We're letting enemies in now. Yeah, that's for some churches. It's time to close your doors. It's time to put your little chairs up. Put your chairs up. Put them. Fold your chairs back up and go and tell people, look, if you want to uh, come to church, you got to just come to Jesus. I'm not inviting people. We're not here to invite people to a church. We're here to invite people to a relationship with Jesus. And that's what's been happening. We have been letting enemies because we're inviting them to church, but we're not inviting them to a relationship with Christ. And this is how you get enemies in your church. This is how you get people in your church, pastors, bishops. This is how you get people in your church that just look at the man with the deformed hand. They just spectate. They just look at him. Matter of fact, some of them just talk about him. Some of them be like, what's wrong with his hand? Yeah. They just, they, you know, they don't go up to him and able to lay hands on him. Why? Because they're enemies. They just come to church. And these Pharisees, that's what they did. They just came to church. And I want you to know, once you start operating in the faith of Christ, they're going to start watching you closely. Yeah, once you start want to operate in the faith of Christ, once you want to start moving in the spirit of Christ, I want you to know people are going to start watching you real closely now. And they're going to look for an opportunity, an opportunity to 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 turn against you, to talk down on you. They looking for they they waiting for you to mess up. That's what people do when they watch you closely. And that's what they was doing to Jesus. So they watching him closely for what? If he healed the man hand, they plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. They not worried about him healing the man. They worried about him breaking their rules. And I want you to know when it comes to giving to the church, when it comes to giving the people, when it comes to giving your money, when it comes to giving your time, when it comes to giving your mind, when it comes to giving your energy, you're just like the Pharisees, too. You have rules to who you go give to. You have rules that you go by when it comes to giving. Your rule is if I don't have enough uh, for me, I'm not going to give. See, that's a rule. That's a Pharisee rule that you have. So before we get mad at the Pharisees and want to cast stones at them, I want you to look at yourself and I want us to look at ourselves. We have rules to how we give. We, we follow certain guidelines before we give. That's exactly what the Pharisees. And when Jesus try to come and stretch that for you, when Jesus tried to come to heal that withered hand of yours from keeping you from giving, you have rules. You have tradition that you go by. The world has given you a tradition on how to use your money. Think I'm lying? Every first, you have a tradition on how you spend your money. Oh, my gosh. Whew, this is good. Man, thank you, God. We The world has... 
the world is a is a is a big Pharisee culture that we living in, you guys. It's it has tradition that we have to go by. It has rules that we have to go by. And Jesus try to come in in your heart, in your mind, and he try to stretch some things out. And you look at Jesus with your heart. You look at him real closely. We just like the Pharisees, you guys. I'm Look, I'm going to put myself on the uh, cross. We can be just like the Pharisees when Jesus try to come in and want to heal things in our household. When he want to heal our daughters or he want to heal our parents or he, he want to heal our marriages or our, our ministries or he want to heal us. We begin to look, what, what God doing? We, we, we start looking at God. What you doing, God? <laughs> what you about to do? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You going against my tradition? I don't do that now, God. We have that same mindset. So in verse three, right, it says, Jesus said to the man with the deformed hand, he spoke to him. He spoke to him. I don't know why God is allowing me to see this. But when we go to church, it's so hard to get people to just speak. And I didn't ask God to make me see that. But it's it's becoming so hard, you guys, for people to just speak to people at church. It's like, what? Why we can't just speak? Hey, how you doing? Hey, people really walk past you. So I'm going to encourage you guys because you are natural born leaders and God has set you apart. Everybody who's here. Hey. I want to just get you guys to start. Just start speaking to people. What does that do? It begins to heal the withered hands. This is all in faith, you guys. We're walking by faith. Man, I ain't going to heal nothing. I'm telling you, begin to speak to people. Break these barriers down. Remember, when you have a withered hand, you can't function right. Your limbs begin to not function right. Now, I'm talking to us spiritually speaking because everybody in here, praise God, we don't have hands that's withered. But spiritually speaking, we have withered hands that we're not able to function right. We're not functioning for the kingdom. So he told, he told, Jesus said to the man in verse three again with the deformed hand, he said, come and stand in front of everyone. Oh my God. Gotta be bold if you want to get healed. Let me say that again. You're going to have to have some boldness about you if you want to get healed. Can't be, I'm, I'm a, well, I'm a loner. You know, I'm I'm an introvert. I don't can't use that. Got some of your healing. Let me talk to some to my introverts. You know, let me talk to my shy people. I know we, we got people listening that's shy, and you you know you don't like people, and people get on your nerves, and I and I get it. I understand, but some of your healing is gonna have to be in front of everyone. 
yeah, God may call you to the stage for this healing. Yeah, this, this, this thing that you're going through in your life, it may have to be in front of some people. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, this healing that you want, you, you might have to get connected with some people. You might get you might have to get connected to some church people. I know you don't like church people, but God say this healing that you're looking for, you're going to need to get connected. I want to do it in front of some people. I ain't going to do it just in your bedroom and you watching on YouTube. No, no, no. I want you to get in front of some people. I want you to mingle with some people. That's for somebody. You're healing. God wants to, you to stand in front of everyone. Come on from that background. Come on out of hiding. Come on out the uh come out the closet. Yeah, come on out the closet. Go on and let people know what you is. Oh, I'm told. Oh, that's a ooh, that's a word right there for somebody. Come out the closet. Let people know what you is so God can begin to do a work on you. You're hiding too much. Yeah. Go ahead and let, just be a man about, shout out to the 90s, just be a man about it. So God can begin to heal you. Verse four. Oh, you got to be, you got to stand in front of everyone. So he called this man. And, and so can you imagine the man though? You know, cause we like to hide our deformed places. We like to hide those things that make us look, you know, kind of weak. We don't want everybody seeing that. We don't want to bring our business out front like that. So this man had to lay his insecurities to the side. This man had to lay his pride to the side. You have some places that's deforming your life and you may have to get in front of everybody and ask for some help. You have some bones, some spiritual bones in your life, some spiritual limbs in your life that's not functioning right. And you may need to get in front of people and say, help. I need some prayer about this. I didn't want to get in front of everybody and let them know that I was deformed in this place because I, I, I wanted to look a certain way. But, hey, I'm deformed in this area in my life. Can you pray for me, sister? Can you pray for me, brother? Your pride is stopping your healing. Let me say that again. Your pride is stopping your healing. Your image is stopping everything. I always got to tackle that again. Verse four. Then he, he turned to his critics and asked. Turned to his critics and asked. He wasn't scared to talk to the critics. He wasn't scared to confront the critics. He wasn't scared to lose followers. He wasn't scared to lose so-called supporters. He wasn't scared to lose a crowd. I'm going to confront the critics. He wasn't trying to be cool with everybody. I'm going to confront the critics. Another 
you, you got to pray for boldness in your walk. Got to start praying for boldness in your walk, because uh, if you're going to walk like Jesus, you're going to have to confront critics like Jesus. And guess what? That's going to take you coming out the background. You're going to have to come out your little shell in order to confront the critics. Because people are going to confront your faith. Yes. Once you begin to live out your faith like Christ wants us to live it out, people are going to confront it. They're going to be critical of what you're doing. And you're going to have to be able to stand on what you are living. Stand on what you're saying. So Jesus asked him, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day of doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? Question I want to ask you, believer. The day, today, did you save life or did you destroy some? Yeah. With your mouth. You know, because that's a powerful weapon that we have. Did you save a life or did you destroy a life with your mouth today? With your actions. Did you save a life or did you destroy a life? But they wouldn't answer him. They wouldn't answer him. Because they never do have an answer. They just talk. Critics never have an answer. They never have a solution. They never want to get the problem solved. They just talk. Talk, 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 talk. That's what critics do. Have you ever been around somebody like that? They just want to talk about problems, but never want to solve them. Don't become that. It's easy to become that, by the way. It's easy. It's so easy to become that type of person. Do not become the person. Pray against that spirit that you are just a talker and never a, 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 a solution. You are created to be a solution to every problem that this world has, that your community has. That your job has. You are a walking solution. Did you know that? You have so much power in you. You have so much wisdom in you. You have such beautiful gifts of God that there's a problem that's finna come into your family. There's a problem that's coming on your job. There's a problem that's coming in your kid's life. There's a problem that's coming in your community, in your nation, that God says you are the solution. I can make you the solution to the problem But you got to be a drink off. Verse five. He looked around at them angrily. The reason why he looked around at them angrily, because they're in the church. With this lack of faith. 
And I, I know uh, 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 sometimes, the uh, again, the eyes that God gives me, I can seem like I'm a, a negative person or, you know, a party pooper when, 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 when things are clapping and people are shouting. But I'm looking and it angers me. What I'm seeing. Oh, you just got to look at it from the positive side. There is no positive side of what's going on. There is no positive side. There's nothing but evil going on. If we study the word of God out and we study what he's asking of us, it's going to be hard for you to be excited about what's going on. It's going to be very hard. Our minds, our heart of worship, our heart of how we worship the true God is dead, man. Yo, it's, 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 it's dead. We have become lazy when it comes to worshiping God. We have become complacent when it comes to worshiping God. We treat him like, like really he's a human. <laughs> you know, in a when you see it from the eyes of God, you know, and again, these are the eyes God has given me. When you start to see the world from his viewpoint, you understand why, you know, he went into the temple and starts flipping tables over. You understand why he, he didn't want to get crowned king. I'm not here to be king of this world. I, I don't know. Nah. He was here to save it. They wanted him to be king of something that was wicked, evil, and was passing away. I didn't come for that. I didn't come to get crowned by an evil world. And listen to me, church people. We want to get crowned by an evil world. We want them to validate us. Their hearts are evil. You cannot validate something that's holy. You can't validate anything that's holy. You can't approve anything that's holy. You can't stamp anything that's holy. I'm, I'm passing out my cards, you know, to the underground. Why you be passing out your card? Because it's the place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. Oh, that's cool. And it's also a place to hear the word of God so you can repent. And I pass it out sometimes and I'm I'm listening to the tone. You know, I'm not even seeing flesh. 
I'm listening to the sound of people. And I'm also listening to uh, the arrogance of people. I'm not looking at it from my, my perspective. I'm really looking at I'm trying to see it from God's perspective. I hand somebody a card, right? Oh, that's cool, man. That's what's up. Uh, I don't really go to church. I ain't asked you about no church. And the arrogance of you to say that you really don't go to church like church needs you. That's what I'm saying. We got to start letting people know, bishops, preachers, pastors, evangelists, say, we're not here to uh, invite you to church. We're not here to beg you to have a relationship with God. The confidence that I see, I don't have confidence in the world anymore. He stripped me of that. Like you, you, you gotta when, when, once you meet God and begin to walk with Him, He strips you of these desires of the world. The confidence that I have is in the word that I preach. I, I'm not, I'm not inviting you to uh exact. We're extending the opportunity to know our wonderful exactly. I'm not inviting you, you know, when when I when I pass out the underground or when I invite people to uh you know the podcast, I'm not inviting you so you can follow the podcast. I can care less about this podcast. I can care less about you following, you know, uh me. I'm inviting you because I have confidence in what I'm saying. Why? Because it's his word. I have confidence that you need what I'm saying. It's a it, it was a blessing for me. It's a blessing for God's people to come at you to you, lost person, and extend our hands. Because that may be your last chance. So I want I, I'm talking to the lost now. Hey, I want I need y'all to come out from your high horse. I I I know it's hard for you guys to hear, and I know it's hard for you guys to see, but I'm asking for the Holy Spirit to let you hear this for real. Come off your high horse when, when God's people reaching out their hand to you. The church is forever. Hear me when I say this. Forever going to be good with you or without you. Because it's God's pride. Mm. God going to take care of his bride. With you or without you. What we have in our minds, what we have in our faith, you need. See, because there's some, you know, there's some 10, 30, 40, 50. There's 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 1. Righteous person keeping this thing from uh, being blown up. Read about Sodom and Gomorrah. So pipe, pipe your arrogance down.
We got to draw that line, man. It's time to draw that line. Either you rolling or you not. But I hear a lot of people talking down on the church. I hear a lot of people talking about, you know, church people this and church people that. That's why I don't go to church. Say, stop talking down on my brothers and sisters. Yeah, my daddy told me I need to start taking up for my brothers and sisters. And he told me if I don't take up for him, I'm going to have an issue with him. Then y'all mama used to say that. <laughs> then y'all that. Hey, if you don't fight for your brothers and sisters, I'm going to get on you. And that's what my uh, God telling me. Keep your mouth off my brothers and sisters in the body of God. Keep your mouth off the church. Because now, hey, I'm talking, to, I'm talking to the watchers now. I'm talking to the watchers and I'm talking to the prayer warriors. Hey, we finna start calling judgment down. Come on now. And I mean that. Yeah, we finna start pinning down some demons now. Yeah, because I see it. Yeah. So I need I, I need I need everybody, everybody at the sound of my voice. Hey, you hear people uh talking down on God, and you hear people talking down on the church and your brothers and sisters in Christ. Hey, we finna start calling judgment down. That's how we roll. <laughs> That's how we roll. All right, let me get back to this word though that I never left. So he looked around angrily, right? I'm in verse five. And he was deeply saddened by their hardened hearts. It, it's it, yeah, man. It hurts to see that. How people so disrespectful towards God. I'm angry about it, man. I'm really angry about it. I'm really am, man. But you, man, I mean, you got everything going good for you. You got a nice job, man. You got this, you got that, man. I'm, I'm angry, though, what I see. I'm angry how people disrespecting God. I'm angry how people taking him for granted. I'm angry about that. And I don't know how, why he gave me that, but I'm angry about it. I'm angry about the hard hearts, man. Why we have hard hearts when it comes to God? Why is that? But we so quickly to fall in love with, you know, the things of this world. I mean, don't it, it come so quickly. We just fall in love with the things of this world. But it's so hard to fall in love with God. Help us, God. Like, for real. We need help, God. It's hard to listen to the commands of God. It's hard to be obedient to God. Help us, God, for real. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. Hold out your hand. Start reaching out your hand to people. Start holding out your hand to help somebody up. Start holding out your hand to give somebody something. This is how your hand begin, your withered hand in the spiritual realm begins to get healed. You reach out your hand. 
and you reach it out to people who you see hurting. I don't care if you don't know them. I don't care if they don't look like you. I don't care if you don't know about them. If God has given you a heart and an opportunity to reach out your hand to them, reach it out. Our hands are withered and it's so stuck in one place. Because we're not reaching out. And this is in the church. When it's time to give, reach out and give. But you have your hands so close to your chest. That's what a withered hands looks like. If you're listening, put your hand up to your chest. That's what a withered hands look like. It, it's and it's stuck like that. And so God, uh, he he'll tell you, "Hey, I want you to give to that person." And your hand just stay there. You like, mm -mm -mm, God, I, don't, I ain't finna get to that. You know, God will say, "Go pray for that person." Over, I don't know them like that. Mm -mm. And, and so your hand is it's withered. And it's been like that for how long? How long you been going to church with this hand? See, for some, your financial freedom, again, this is a word for somebody, is reaching out your hand. You're thinking that you save is to your financial freedom. No, no, no. Your financial freedom is going to be given. And you're going to have to have some serious faith for that. And so when God told him, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. He spoke a word to the man. Oh, my God. Listen to what I'm listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He spoke a word. And the man had the decision to be obedient. It was up to him to be obedient. All God said is, reach out your hand. When he did that, his hand was restored. You haven't been restored because you're not being obedient. You think you're not being restored because you're not making a lot of money. You think you're not being restored because you don't have the right job. You think you're not being restored because your credit score is not high. You think you're not being restored because you're not married. You think you're not being restored because uh, 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 you're not uh, famous enough or you don't know anybody or you don't have the right friends. You haven't been restored, child of God, because you're just being disobedient. This man, when, when, when Jesus told him to stretch out your hand, he did that in faith. He didn't know when he uh, reached out his hand, he was going to be restored. He probably was like, reach out my hand. Oh, man, let me go ahead. Man, heal me. So he probably thinking, heal me. I don't got time for all these games, Jesus. Reach out my hand. But a split second... He said, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to be obedient. Let me tell you something. Listen. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Uh, especially as you begin, begin to get older, children of God, 
you have split seconds to be obedient. Woo! Come on, God. Talk to us. Yes. Thank you, God. You have split seconds to be obedient. You have a second to be obedient. The word of God will come to you, and you got to just act on it. In faith. You got to forget about your religious Sadducees minds. You got to forget about your tradition on how you work, how you operate. And you got to let all that go. And when the word of God comes to you, you have a split second to be obedient. That's what you got to do. You remember when you was young? Me and my, uh, uh, and, 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 uh, Say like you had your parents, they was in the pool. And they'd be like, jump. And they'll be holding out their hand. They'd be like, jump. And you like, yeah. But you ever seen that kid when the when the parents say jump and they just jump? They just jump in the water. And the parent go, I always catch. Do you know that experience that that little child have? When they just made that decision to jump, you know how fun it was for them? Do you know how exciting it was for them? Do you know how much that increased their confidence in jumping in the deep end now? This is what I'm telling you. When you make that split decision on to be obedient to God, it is going to increase your confidence in the righteousness of God. This is how you begin to be confident in your walk. You're not second guessing yourself. You're not doubting yourself. You are confident in your walk. You as bold as a lion when you walk with God. You're too timid in your walk these days. Begin to become bold. Well, how do I get there? You begin to be obedient in split seconds. Right now, I already know because I know how God operates and the Holy Spirit operates. He's giving you something to be obedient about right now. He's talking to some of y'all right now on something to be obedient about. And you, right, you're starting to use that tradition. You're starting to think like a Pharisees. You're starting to be like, well, uh, that's the Sabbath day. I don't want to do it on that day because we don't do stuff on that day. Well, I don't, I don't work on those days. I, I'm, I'm a, no, no, no. Just be obedient. And start to experience the life of walking with God. Walking with God. That's what Jesus did. He walked with God the Father. He experienced life more abundantly. Why? Because he walked with God. He didn't walk with the disciples. He wasn't walking with his friends. He wasn't walking with a job. He wasn't walking with success. He wasn't walking with money. He wasn't walking with a girlfriend. He wasn't walking with a boyfriend. He wasn't walking with social media. He wasn't walking with basketball, football, singing, and all this stuff. He was walking with God. That's how you get life more abundantly. You walk with God. You walk with a God that's abundantly. <laughs> oh, praise God, man. This is what I'm saying to you, believer. You begin to walk with God from here on out. 
and anybody who don't want to walk with you while they walking with God, hey, I got you got to go to the wayside. Because I want to walk with God. That's why I love my wife. Why? Because she let me walk with God. Talking to my young brothers right now. Hey, get you a woman that lets you walk with God. You let me walk with God, and I'll walk you into your future. Go. Oh. You let me walk with God, and I'll walk you to your destiny. You let me walk with God, and I'll walk you into your wildest dreams. Let me walk with God and see what happens. Don't force me to walk with the culture. Don't force me to walk with what you see on TV. Don't force me to walk with what the world doing. Let me walk with God. That's why I married that woman. Yeah, that's all. That's why I married. She let me walk with God. And I'm telling you, sister, you need a man that's going to let you walk with God. Let you pray with God. He ain't looking at you funny when you getting up in the middle of the night, falling on your face, crying out to God. Hey, can I tell you a secret? Some of y'all in relationships right now with somebody who's not letting you walk with God. Some of y'all right now, you got to sneak to listen to the underground. <laughs> Soon as you hear the garage door opening, you, you oh, let me go. <laughs> Soon as you hear that, you know, that, that, that beep, beep noise when the door open, you hear your, oh, let me go. Because <laughs> you with somebody who don't want you walking with God. Don't get uncomfortable when you start walking with God. You mess with their idols when you start walking with God. You mess with their insecurities when you start walking with God. Oh, man. I'm talking to some people right now that your destiny is to walk with God. People go, hey, hey, matter of fact, people go be asking you, hey, what you been up to? Walking with God. <laughs> hey, what you been up to lately? Walking with God. What you got going on in your life today? Walking with God. You know, because you got to, you know, when people ask you stuff, you got to say something like you're doing something important. Ain't nothing important. Oh, yeah, that's the motto. Shout out to the youth. Yeah, go ahead and pass it around your school. That's my that's my youngin right there. 15 years old. Go be a monster when it come to walking with God. I already see it. I already see it, Jake. I already see it in you, dog. But, yeah. You know, because when people ask, so what you been up to? You be like, oh, I'm, I'm back in school and going for my mask. Oh, I don't got to say none of that. Now when people ask, I'm walking with God. What you got up for the future? Walking with God. <laughs> what you going to be doing next year? Oh, just still trying to walk with God. Because you know what? That's hard enough. Walking with God is the most hardest thing to do in this world. I don't know about y'all. But walking with God, man, that's more harder than taking the SAT, taking the master's test, or taking your lawyer test, or taking a doctrine test. Walking with God is the most hardest thing to do in this world because everybody trying to pull you away from it. The spirit of this age is pulling at you to start walking with God. So, yeah, man, that, that, that's what I want to say. I'm, I'm talking to people right now. Already, my brother. 
yes sir man I, i'm happy that god is uh, is gonna uh plant that in your heart because to be honest with you and, and everybody in here we 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 uh we 30 going on eternity <laughs> but uh, we older we would we would we would tell you youngster that we wish we would have walked with god when we were 17 and 18 everybody in here would tell you we wished that we would have walked with god when we were 17 and 18 so we uh, I, I pray that god continues to open your eyes that he continues to speak to your heart and he continues to give you the boldness to stand up uh, in your generation because I'm not going to uh, sit up here and uh, act like I'm, it, that is easy. I know it's, it's, it's hard for you, but I continue and, and we're going to pray that God continues to really give you that, that boldness and courage to walk with him. It's going to be a rewarding thing for you. You're going to get to the end of your life and say you fought the good fight. You're going to be confident that you walk with God. So I'm happy to hear that. And I, and I pray that over everybody in here and everybody who's listening, that God continues to speak to your mind. Continue to whisper to your heart. I pray that you have the desires to continue to walk with God. Ask God to work on your desires. God, give us the desires to walk, to want to walk with you. You know, we, we want to walk with you, God, but our desires sometimes get in the way. Our urges, our wants, our flesh. So make the desire to walk with you more important than anything else. Can you heal us of that, God? We're stretching out our hand right now in faith, dear God, asking you to restore our withered hands. They've been stuck for a long time. We, we haven't been able to function because we have withered hands in your kingdom. So, God, we're just asking, can you, can you, we're stretching out our hand in faith and asking, can you heal it? We want to be able to use our hands more for your kingdom, for your people, to help people up, to show them the love of God. I thank y'all for coming out to the underground place to hear the word of God before you go six feet underground. A place where repentance happens, where revival begins, where your relationship with God starts. Who am I? I was just the voice of one calling out in the wilderness of America saying, repent. Hey, peek out your window. You see it? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I love y'all. Y'all be easy. You're welcome.